Thank you for that playlist, Uncle Tim. That was a real blessing. Well, uh, some of you uh, weren't here just a moment ago, and um, I said uh, that after this, I'm going to, I made a last-minute decision to go to West Jessman High School prom. Haven't been to one of those in 20-plus years. Um, she wanted to go. <laughs> Mama told her she either had to be an adult to chaperone or a junior or senior in high school. <laughs> Not yet. Or somebody's date, but that ain't happening. <laughs> um, but what I said, kind of like joking, is I said, I'm going to be wearing my Miami Vice uh, suit because I was married in a white wedding uh, suit. And uh, I've only worn it twice in 15 years. But Michael, come here. I mean, I said this. He wasn't even here. Look, of all shirts, he, you just, this is the first time I've seen you wear that, right? He just got it. <laughs> I mean, you know, so it's just little stuff like that. And I do think there's probably some meaning, and I, I might uh, shoot for a Holy Spirit brainstorm in just a moment. But just the fact that I don't, I don't know if I've ever brought up Miami Vice here uh, <laughs> at our meetings in all the years, but I bring it up, and then Michael comes in with a Miami Vice shirt that I've never even seen him wear before. He just got it. So, <laughs> I do think there's a, a brotherly wavelength we're on, but I, I think it's more than that. You know, I, I'm wearing the suit that, that I was married in, a white suit, and then Michael's coming up days away from his marriage. Um, and I, I just believe that God's saying, get ready to be married. Get ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Get ready to see Jesus dressed in white like you haven't seen him before. John the Apostle was the closest human being to Jesus, close enough that kind of awkward, two grown men, Jesus, um, a tecton, which was probably not just a carpenter, but somebody who worked with stones. He's from Nazareth. They don't have a lot of wood up there. They had stones. So this is, Jesus was probably pretty thick. He worked with stones. He was raised that way. And so you got a barrel-chested man, and you got one of the sons of thunder, a foul-mouthed fisherman, as a preacher who I like would, would term them. And this fisherman, who's like so hardcore, he wants fire to fall on people, he's like snuggling like little Leif Jacob or our very own Lion Leon, snuggling up on Jesus' chest there at the final moments, looking up at Jesus, asking him questions. That's a little bit weird. I mean, if you saw, like, me and Davey just, like, snuggling up and, like, me asking Davey questions <laughs> with my head on his chest, I mean, I'm not afraid to get affectionate with him. He's my bro. But I haven't, like, actually put my head on his chest and asked him questions yet. That's... That's how, and Davies, he'd, he'd roll with it. He'd be like, man of God, let's go. 
It's one of the reasons I love him so much. But John was that close to Jesus, so familiar with him. But when he saw Jesus in his white suit, after years and years of intimacy, John felt like a dead man. And it wasn't until Jesus, with resurrection power, said, look, it's me. Guys, we're about to meet Jesus for the first time. I still believe, after all these years, I still believe we're about to see Jesus for the first time. We're about to meet him like John did. The revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay. Kids, come on down. We just got two. We're going to wait a second for Solon. No, this is... (laughs) She hears Zion. She goes, wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. You have a message about a snake. You know me. Well, this is really interesting. Stand beside me, buddy. Yes. So, yes. Come, come, children. Yes. Yes. Man, I love babies now. Now, when we were in prayer meeting before um, this meeting, I was laying about right where you're standing, Cohen, and it's the first time I can remember having, uh, I don't know if I'd call it an all-in-vision, but a, a clear image of a cobra just a little bit ago. I don't remember you wearing a cobra shirt before, and uh, I don't remember having a cobra vision, but I, I just felt like when I saw that, that the Lord wanted to deal with the cobra, and I don't really understand that, um, but with, with Cohen wearing it like that, what it makes me think of is like when you defeat your enemies, and you just like wear their skin like um are you it's like you ran it's like you know i got the uh you you kill a lion you wear the like the lion fur like this is what i had victory over so we thank the lord for victory over the cobra and everything that that represents um and anybody else may who have who may have some insight maybe you can share that in a moment but right now what i want to say to you hey there you are dude What I want to say to you guys, there's a Bible verse where Paul was talking to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, there is something called a form of godliness, but it denies the power. He says, have nothing to do with that, and people who live like that don't do that. What do you think a form of godliness might be? A form. Kind of like um, being kind to others and um, following following Jesus. Absolutely. That would be a form of godliness. Good enthusiasm, Leif Jacob. Cohen, do you have any ideas of what a form of godliness might be? Helping others who are in need. Solon, do you have any thoughts about a form of godliness? 
resting in peace. That's what you were exhibiting. What you said, Zion, being kind to others, following after what God wants, and what Cohen said, helping others in need, and what Solomon's representing right now, just resting in peace, those are all forms of godliness. And you know what? When God is in our lives, and when we're following him, we do have a form of godliness. But here's what I want to say, guys. There is a form of godliness that denies the power of God. Do you think a form of godliness that denies his power is good? There's a form of godliness where we try to be good or we try to be better than others or we try to be the nicest. We try to be perfect. But does anybody have the power to be perfect? No. That's why Jesus gave his life. That's why Jesus bled and died for us is so we could have his power. So we're going to do something here in a second as a symbol and a sign for everybody here and for you guys and for all the kids who aren't here. We're going to do something. This is what I want to encourage you about through this Bible verse. I don't want any of you to ever think that you have the power within you to be perfect. I don't want you to think that you have the power to even be good. Nobody has that power except Jesus and his Holy Spirit comes into us and he, the Holy Spirit, gives us power for real godliness, not just a form. Because you know what? Zion, you can draw a picture. You drew a picture of mom. That's a form of mom. Or you drew a picture of yourself for mom. Is that poster that you drew, is that actually you? That thing that we hung up on our bedroom door, is that really you on there? No, you're you. It's a form of you. We want the real you. We want the real Jesus. We want the real Holy Spirit. And so we have to realize first that we don't have any holiness in our own. We don't have any power of godliness in our own. It has to come from him. So in just a second, I'm going to lead us in saying something. We're going to say it, but also kind of pray it. And we're going to say, I have no power. God has all power. And then we're going to blow out. You know why we're going to blow out? Because we're releasing our own air and saying, we don't have anything. And then we're going to breathe in. We're going to breathe in God's Holy Spirit. And we're going to receive his power. Okay? All right. So on three, you're going to say it with me. I, I have no power. God has all power. And then we're going to breathe out. Actually, we're going to say, I have no power, and we breathe out. And we say, God has all power, and we breathe in. All right? Here we go. On three, I have no power. One, two, three. I have no power. And breathe out. One, two, three. <laughs> On three, God has all power. One, two, three. God has all power. 
Father, I thank you that you have given us not just a form of following you, but the real power, the real person of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for the reality of being connected to you. We thank you, God, that there is only true godliness with God. We have no power, but you have all power. We receive your power for godliness tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for coming up, guys. Especially a blessing to have our little guys. Karis, you want to? Okay. I'd like Chris to come share a testimony. I'm going to try to be quick. I want to I wanna just give God credit for some physical healing that I've been through, even though it's not yet complete, but it will be. And the reason it can take a long time is because when I start listing the healings that I need, <laughs> they're, they're legion. <laughs> um, and Sue and I practice the idea of using scriptures for healing, okay? And when I first started doing this, the one that appealed to me most was Psalm 18.33, which makes a reference to a hind's feet in high places. Your feet will be like the feet of a deer upon the mountaintops. And I love to go hunting, and I love to go in steep places. And um, the most I've ever weighed was about 330. I'm not sure. I was afraid to step on the scales. But um, Army says I should be 186. But as, as you get too heavy, your feet get longer and they get flatter. And just constant pain every step you take. Okay? Now, been through some weight loss, doing the Dr. Berg stuff. And for years and years, constantly meditating on Psalm 1833. All right, hinds feet in high places. And when you're just at that worst point, like when your feet hurt so bad you can't take a step, I remember my favorite mountaintop, and I tell myself someday I'm going to have hinds feet in high places. Okay? Two years ago, these are 14 double wide. Two years ago, they fit me well. Okay? Then they got to be too big, and I had to go to 13s. And those got too big, and I had to go to size 12s. And the 12s are rubbing me. And when I was 17 years old in basic training, they gave me size 11R, 11 regular. Right now, the 12s that I wear at work are pretty loose, and they're floppy, and they rub, and I have to wear real thick socks. So I'm getting close to anticipating the day when I'll need size 11, <clears throat> probably in a couple of weeks. And uh, <clears throat> it's interesting because at work they give you an allowance for shoes like once a year or something like that. And But they say if something's wrong, you can get the boss to sign off on a special allowance. 
And I go to him and I say, because my feet have shrunk. And so far, he's, he's been lenient with that. I don't know if I need to try it again or not. I might just pay for him myself. Um, I go to the car. I've been going to the chiropractor about once every six weeks, even though I feel like I need it about once every week and a half, the nature of my work. When I sit there, he aligns my entire spine, and he does something all the way from the lumbar to the base of the neck. I mean, it's not a... He earns <laughs> the pay. But he goes through my whole spine. Then he resets each shoulder back in place. Then he yanks on my ankles. And then he takes this little hammer thing that's got a battery in it. And he goes all around my wrist. And if you ever see me making a fist, I'm not angry. It's because that makes carpal tunnel feel better, okay? He does that on both hands. I think it was Monday. Sue and I were watching Sid Roth. Oh, and this pinky was locked up right there. And lots of times I have to take my other hand and straighten it out from gripping that screw gun. And... um. I think it's Monday. Sue and I were watching Sid Roth, and it wasn't even live. It was like he looked a lot younger. <clears throat> but he says, there's somebody watching, and your wrist is healed, and your little finger is healed, and your back is healed right now. And I was like, that was not my entire list, but that's where I would have started. And I started doing this. And when, when I started moving, it's like I had no feeling. Dead nerves in my hand. Two or three minutes later, I said, Sue, that's me. And I was even able to do this on the pinky without any assistance. And it's still it's stiff when I wake up in the morning, but it's different. Okay? Some healing has to come. What was the dude? Now I see men as trees walking. A lot of what Jesus did, he did it several times, okay? This is a lifestyle. Psalm 103, the first five verses. It's like total healing. Restore your youth. Everything. Not just healing, but restoration. Okay? It's a way of focus. It's a way of life. Luke 21, 17, not a hair of your head will be lost. That's a very difficult one to believe in. It also, it's, it's, it's 18 that says not a hair of your head will be lost. 17 says everyone will hate you. So the key to that is forgiveness of those that hate you and not fearing those that hate you, both. This this sounds this is a this is the most simplistic approach to scripture there is. But you want to argue with me? <laughs> and I've I've still got issues, right? I'm looking for one about eyeglasses and tinnitus. I haven't seen a verse about tinnitus yet. But it's it's better than what it used to be. Okay? Um where was I? Weight loss. Isaiah 
put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. There's actually, there's a lady named Jennifer Evaz, E-I-V-A-Z, does a YouTube on that subject. That's where I got that from, okay? That might be all of it. I should summarize something that's been this long. It's a, it's a spiritual journey. You train yourself. It takes repetition more than anything. Forgiveness. Nothing can stop your healing like bitterness and unforgiveness can. Nothing propels your healing forward like plain, simple praise, even if it's repetitive. Lord, you're worthy. God, I love you. Let his praise be constantly in our mouths. Thanks. Uncle Tim, I just, uh, I wanted to know if you would just come forward. Um, I just feel like there's, I don't know how you want to do it, either in a prayer or what you say, just really felt praise uh, specifically for what Chris did, which let's partner with him, like praise and thank God. But whatever else, I just feel like there was a word of praise in your mouth. Seems like I've been doing this a lot lately. <laughs> um, yeah, I let me just add before I praise add my praise to Chris's praise. Uh, the Lord has been doing a deep work um, in me and uh, physically and uh, just felt led at around Thanksgiving this past year to start a program that was dealing with nutrition Um not specifically for weight loss, but that has been uh, the result of it um, with a doctor that, and let me just say, I'm not prone to listening or looking or doing anything with doctors. I just, I don't, but the Lord led me there, and so here we are. And um, this guy has been just, and he doesn't, he didn't know Deb or I, but he's overtly talking about your temple. Um, just the language is just scripturally based. I know he's a believer. There's no question about that. And um, anyway, it's just, it's been an amazing thing. Chris is talking about it, it takes time. Um, and, and that is true. And, and this, this is one aspect that the Lord has been dealing with me about was my weight and it's been an issue my whole life. And, um, I'm just believing and praising and thanking the Lord that this is happening. This is happening. And it's, it's also something that my knee has been bothering me for well, four or five years now I had a meniscus tear and it's just been it's just been a constant thing 
And I just believe, just flat out will say, I believe the Lord is healing me because there's something else coming and uh, preparing me for what that is physically to do what it is that he is calling me to do. So I just want to thank the Lord first and and say amen to what you're saying, brother. And uh, let's just pray and praise the Lord right now. Father, I just thank you. You don't make mistakes. You call us for times and seasons. And Lord, I believe this is one of those right now. And I'm sure that if we were to go around and talk to the people in this room right now, that's a lot more than just what Chris and I have testified to, that your spirit is at work healing, physically healing, spiritually healing, emotionally. Lord, you are healing. We believe and praise you that it is your will to heal. We praise you that that does not change. The foundation of salvation deals not only with our spiritual being, it deals with our physical being and every kind of healing. And so, Lord, we just praise you and thank you that that does not change. The circumstances, things change in that regard, but you don't change. You are consistent. And if we ever want to look for something that is a foundation thing, it is that it is your will to heal in every way. And so, Lord, we praise you. We thank you. We claim this because this is something that you give us that we just too often ignore or don't understand. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would just plant deep down inside our bodies, our minds, our spirits, the fact that you are healing us. Lord, you are healing us in this room. You are healing this region. Lord, we believe you're healing America, and you are in the process of just healing, period. And we claim that in your name. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you for your mighty hand, for the power of your spirit. And Lord, we say we want more. We trust you. We believe you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Chris and Uncle Tim. Um, I want to partner with what Chris has testified about and what Uncle Tim spoke about and prayed about. just want to read Psalm 103, the first six verses. Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, 
who satisfies your desires with good or with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord, Yahweh, works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Um, I met with Adani uh, this week. Is that Monday, Adani? Is it Monday? Yeah. Went over to the Martina homestead. I got to see Leon lying on the floor. and um, That was a blessing just to be there in, in their home. And uh, God has a, a streak, an undefeated streak with Adani and me. It goes back to 2015 when we started getting together. We've never not had a God meeting all those years. Uh, God was always faithful and is always faithful. And so I just wanted to say how much I appreciate Adani and Noel and Leon. And um, Adani really encouraged me. He spoke into my life. He helped encourage me by telling things that I telling me things I had told him. <laughs> And he helped encourage me by saying, hey, you spoke about this to us, and then this happened. I'm like, oh, man, that's encouraging. Um, so I, I heard the Lord through Adani. And it was interesting. I told Karis this when I got home. Um, it's been such a different season for me personally. And a lot of the ways that God used to relate to me or I used to relate to God it just has been so distant. And I guess a real concrete example of that uh, there used to be so much journaling that I did of stuff God was showing me. And um, I mean, just lots and lots. And uh, that was such a strength of my life is um, getting those words from him, seeing that communication or seeing his communication in that way. And um, But it's been so long since I've had a, a, a flow of that. It's just like every now and again. And I, I found myself that Monday, I think I was at school, and I was like, you know, Lord, I, are you ever going to speak to me like that again? Or, or also, did I just make some of that stuff up? Uh, maybe that's, maybe, maybe I would, honestly, that's what I told crazy. Karis, I was like, maybe I was just crazy. Maybe, maybe that stuff I used to write down, I was like, I had problems. Um, but anyway, so then I go meet with Adani, and like, he starts speaking to me about some of the crazy stuff. So that's the first encouragement. I was like, well, okay. And then while he's speaking to me, I start getting fresh revelation in the way the Lord used to speak to me. And I'm like having to record stuff on my phone, like in the car back. And so the next day at school, I'm, uh, um, I always work during my lunch breaks there at school and during my planning period. I usually work on, you know, stuff uh, with the ministry or my music. And I was just getting a message together. And I, my heart was like, all right, I'm about to unload at dwelling on Saturday. Um, but as it came closer to here, I just felt like, no, nah, it's not the time yet. But I wanted to testify that um, God encourages us through one another. God encouraged me through Adani. And, um, you know, he has, he has made it so that we need each other, you know, 
there's this like tension between we only need the Lord and we need people. Um, because we only need the Lord, but sometimes he chooses to reveal himself through people. He's like, no, you need me through this person. Um, so I wanted to testify about that. And along with that, what happens in our homes, our gatherings, whether it's one-on-one, whether it's in the home churches, um, or the ladies' home church was mobile this past week. Um, wait, no. Is it? Yeah. Get, where were you guys at again? Kentucky native, that's right, yeah. And God is just always blessing at that meeting. Every time Uncle Tim talks about their home ch- church, God's just moving. Every time I was at uh, Paul and Naomi's home church at John Edward and Gloria's house, I mean, God's just moving. So uh, open your heart to one another. Um, and my, my newest pursuit, um, I believe I'm starting a home church, uh, and it, it's being born out of the request of a couple 15-year-olds. I was telling my freshman guys, I sit at this table every morning uh, in Algebra 1 with Trey, Judah, and Cooper, and they are dudes, okay? Uh, I mean, just three athletes, 15-year-old freshman guys, total dudes. Um, And I was telling them about how, yeah, well, my wife has her ladies' home church tonight, and so Zion's going to be with me, and I was talking to him about a, a game while I had to leave at a certain time because I had Zion with me. They're like, And Trey said, Mr. Spann, your wife has ladies' home church. Why can't we have the guys' home church? And I was like, well, Trey, that's a good question. And I was thinking about it. I was like, all right, maybe I'll just start a home church with these dudes, do a little Jesus, Peter, James, John action with them. So uh, I think that's where it's going, and they have also uh, daily requesting that we go on a Kings Island trip. So uh, they've told me their parents have all given them permission, but I'm going to make sure I get that officially from the, the parents uh, in writing and in person. Um, but God's moving. He, he has given me a heart that I, it's hard for me to describe, the heart he's given me for the kids at West High. Um, and, yeah, it's just hard to describe it. Um, but, and then there's some particular where I really feel just so drawn to. So um, that's the way God is, is moving me as far as a home church, and um, we'll see where it goes. If we have just a couple meetings and then that's it, okay, uh, I'm, I'm in for whatever God wants to do. If it's just the three of them or if we pack the house out, um, that's cool too. All right, does anybody else have anything, any encouragement for us? Any insight? That's right. Wave that flag. Yes. Leif Jacob, young Viking. Oh, well, uh, I got to share something. And uh, with Cohen wearing this Cobra shirt, I had a uh, real um, surprise this summer when I was taking a independent study on uh, religion of ancient Israel, and we started looking at 
the um, the old inscriptions from from those times. Eighth century Judah, very close, very much influenced by uh, Egyptian thought, and so there's a lot of overlap there. There were quite a few uh, seals, personal name seals, that had these pictures of these cobras raised up like this. And um, I'm going to have to research it some more, but they called seraphs. And so when we read in Isaiah 6, the seraphim said, I saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up in the train of his robe, filled the temple. And there were seraphim all around him and they had six wings. Now these seraphim had feet. So they're, was I talking to you about this, Davy? Well, I don't know. I talked to somebody about it. But the, uh, the curse on the snake in the garden said he was going to crawl on his belly. Before that, he probably had some feet. So I don't know. I'm still pursuing this mystery. But I felt like when you brought him up there and then you said maybe someone else will have something to add later, I just felt like the Lord was prompting me to share this with you all. Because I think there's, I think this is something the Lord wants to bring to light. And I don't know where it's, where it leads or what it means, okay? But I do think God wants us to have understanding of the heavenlies and of his, his throne and of his world and of his heavenly counsel in a deeper way. Now, one other thing. The whole time we're in worship, the Lord took me to Psalm 34, and that's been a recurrent psalm both for myself and for our congregation over the last, well, ever since we've been here. And um, I think, Michael, you know this psalm, don't you? Uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my, in my mouth. It seemed like you were familiar with it at some point. But when Chris was sharing, I felt that there, you know, there is so much in this psalm that speaks, leads, you know, fits hand in glove in with what you were sharing about just different aspects of health and blessing that are available to us. And I, I absolutely love Chris and Sue's approach on this of just having a simple, a simple approach. You know, if it says in uh, verse uh, five. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. I'm reading in the King, New King James right now. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. I'm going to stop right there. 
and just encourage you all to um, maybe spend some time in this Psalm 34 and confess this to the Lord. And let's make this a, you know, I think I feel like this is, you know, for us as a community here to just take some time with this psalm, let it sink in. And, and like like Chris said, it can be repetitive. You know, if you get I come across one of these verses and it just stops me sometimes. So just let's just let that roll around our t- tongues and our minds and our hearts and, and soak in in our in our spirits. So, amen. I think, uh, you know, Joseph hit on something there. Psalm 34, it says some outlandish things as far as what we're used to. Um, one of the verses that stands out to me, the psalmist there, David, says, he delivered me from all my fears. I want to experience that, and I want to experience it with you. I want us to experience what would it be like to be delivered from our fears? What would the existence of a person be like? What would their aura be like when someone had no fear? And I I believe that's what Jesus paid for. I I don't see anything less. I don't want to cheapen or rob anything from what he paid for. Who else has something? So I want to testify. This kind of goes with uh, what Uncle Tim and um, Chris and, and even what Joseph said, too. Um, I remember probably back in, well, you probably remember more than I would, the Penny Dream. When did I have that? 2012, 13? No, dude, it was later than that. Are you sure? The Penny Dream? No, 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 no. That's different. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was later. I think it was 11 or 12. Oh, no, okay, gotcha, gotcha, okay. Okay, so 2012, so that was, you know, 11 years ago, it's crazy. Um, Anyway, so just share really briefly the concept of that dream, and I don't actually remember all of the the characteristics, but essentially what I gathered, um, God was speaking to me about pennies, and it's pretty profound, actually, and it's been something that's been a theme for me in my life. And so if you see a penny on the ground, most of the time we disregard it because it's not worth a lot monetarily. You can't buy really anything with an actual penny. Um, but what God was showing me is, is if you were to see or to gather every single penny you saw in your life, just every single penny you saw lying around, or just keep every penny that you had, after the course of your lifetime, after 10 or 15, 20 years, you would have a lot of pennies, a lot of change, okay? So God was showing me, you know, faith and believing in his promises and what he said is very similar 
to seeing a penny. And he was saying, if you value, just value and invest in faith like you would if you saw an actual penny, and you chose to value that and retain it and keep it, after the course of time, you're going to see a lot of change. Change from heaven. And it just goes to show, like Uncle Tim and, and Chris's testimony, that when you choose to engage in faith and believe, despite the physical circumstances, despite the circumstances of life, because so much of the time, I can testify to this, like the fact that I'm getting married in two weeks and every single one of us have our own vices, our own things we deal with in life, whatever it is. Um, and I can tell you just it would take too long, but the fact that I can sit here at peace and at rest and tell you that I'm getting married in two weeks, that's been my greatest struggle to be at rest and peace in this area of my life. And I can tell you it's been that type of, like that, that word that God gave me about the pennies, this is perfectly applicable with me. Um, and I could, I could go and, and share with you a lot of different examples of my life and how that bears to be true. Um, and Joseph, when you said this poor man cries out, it reminded me of blind Bartimaeus um, when Jesus was walking on the road to Jericho. And all he did was just cried out and said, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. And see, it's all he said, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. And so that type of posture for me is like, God's not looking for something really impressive from us. He's looking for us to invest and to believe really simplistically. And, and you talked about who bewitched you of, of the simple gospel recently. And that struck a chord. It's like we overcomplicate things a lot. And it's like God's just looking for a heart in our mess, in our insufficiencies and deficiencies, to choose to believe. Um, and I guarantee you this, I can guarantee you this, that if you continue to have that posture that Uncle Tim and Chris said about engaging in the moment in faith and just walking out your healing, walking it out, um, you're going to experience deliverance, you're going to experience healing, and you're going to experience freedom. Um, and I, I'm sitting here as a testimony to that. So I think I was going to say something else, but maybe that's it. Oh, one more thing I was going to share. So in light of that, so I was thinking about, you know, God increasing our faith. And a lot of times I'll, I'll pray like the father prayed when Jesus was delivering his son from a, from a demon. He said, you know, God, increase, or increase my faith. And, you know, I was watching The Chosen. If you haven't seen The Chosen, you're not, no pressure or guilt, but it really just depicts, I, I feel like, the life of Jesus in such a, an accurate, genuine way. And, and his disciples, too. But at one point, they say, increase our faith. And Jesus said, you know, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be cast into the sea, and it would do it. So I, I realized, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if, if the prayer of asking God to increase our faith is, is, is the best prayer. Not that that's a bad prayer. I think it's better than not asking God to increase our faith. But I feel like the, the, the truth of us just having, a, having faith like a mustard seed is enough. And I feel like that, that can like alleviate some pressure and some weight on people in here right now, that you don't have to have faith that impresses yourself or impresses other people. And I'll just say, the last thing I'll say is Travis was praying over me, and he was talking about my faith. And I'm like, man, to be honest, I feel like my faith lacks a lot. <laughs> you know, I feel like I lack in faith at times, quite a bit. 
but he was affirming me in my faith and it reminded me of like, look, all you need is a small bit of faith. And if you just have that, if you just believe that you have a mustard seed of faith, then God's like, that's enough. Let me take care of the rest. Let me grow that into what I want it to be. So that's it. That's really good, Michael. Anybody else have anything? I just have a prayer request. Um, so sorry, I haven't been here since October. <laughs> um, I was in one of my pits. Um, but I have a cousin who's like 30 something and she lives in Tulare, which is just a few miles from Fresno. And, um, she's going to have some kind of brain surgery in a couple, three days. And she survived a miraculous accident when she was nine. She was, she was run over by a truck, her brain. And, uh, it had something to do with, there was a lot of sand that put over the roads because it, I don't know, it has something to do with the farming, you know, that's a big farming area. And if the sand had not been on the road, she would be dead. But because the sand was there, it, it softened the blow, so to speak. And uh, she's an amazing girl. And I think I'm just kind of angry with God because <laughs> I've been doing a lot of, I talk to him all the time, but I'm tired of all this stuff. It's like I'm one of these people that just didn't learn young and in my young life that life is just going to be really hard because I just had such an idyllic childhood idyllic and I was you know after all the wrong things but my mom's side of the family is like it's crazy Scots Irish people with tempers and lots of problems and we don't seem to deal with the physical stuff you know we have all the mental stuff so um, I just want her to live because She's also a Christian. <laughs> the Christians, I mean, you know, we're Christians with attitudes. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, I've had an attitude problem, too. But um, her name is Victoria, and um, she's a wonderful girl. And I just, I'm just asking for prayer. I can't even give you details about the brain surgery thing, but... There's things she's been dealing with, you know, it affected her memory. And so the point is, okay, so, I mean, is this, is this going to be what takes her? Anyway, I'm going to all, you know, my, yeah, my mind's just, I guess I do live in fear. I have serious attitude problems. Um, I love four-letter words, and I really don't care what anyone thinks, you know? I don't. Because I know God understands. So, my attitude's coming out. But I say a lot of stuff in my mind that I could never repeat. And I'm really comfortable with you guys because I just, it's, 
I feel, you know, that's why I kept coming back, because I knew I could be here with the people that I love. But, and I miss Madeline, you know, Madeline. She's the one that got me started here. I mean, I would move to Nashville in a heartbeat. Because she's my baby. Anyway, that's just pray for Victoria that the surgery goes goes well. Thank you, Piper. Um, did did you know when when exactly what day it was? Thirteenth. Okay, but it's this week. Yeah, so it's. Victoria, and what's her last name? Is she? Did she get married? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, you know, I, I've been saying recently that our, our meetings are, are continuing to sharpen and their strategic nature. And um, I think uh, everything that was shared in here is not accidental. I just think it was orchestrated by God. And I think I want to end in praying for Victoria. And I I think Piper sharing about her is um, a message for us as well. We have been so assaulted uh, internally, externally, in our bodies, our minds, and the taste of victory has, has uh, seemed far um, from us. But um, I believe that we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good for us. And that we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good for Victoria. That the Lord is good. That Yahweh is good. There's been an assault on the goodness of God. But we declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. I would have given up hope if I wouldn't have believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Lord, we confess our own fear and our faithlessness. We confess eating that tree from the serpent that doubts your goodness. And Lord, we come under you and we say, in the last days, humans will come trembling to Yahweh and to his goodness. And that people will fear the Lord because of all the good he does for his people. We declare Psalm 31, 19, how great is your goodness, God, that you store up in heaven and that you pour out publicly on those who fear you. Lord, we declare over Victoria, victory. We declare victory, victory. And we say, Victoria, according to the Psalms, to the word of God, you will live and not die. We, you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. We prophesy life over you, Victoria. We speak to your bones and say, be well. We speak to your brains, your brain and your neurons, your cells. Live life, life. We speak the blood of Jesus over you. 
Life is in that blood. Zoe, life. 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 And Lord, we thank you for victory right here in Wilmore. We thank you that you will victoriously shout, I do will more for my church. I do will more for this city. I do will more for planet Earth. I do will more healing for bodies. I do will more victory from sin. I do will more demonic defeat. I do will more agape flowing through my people. Lord, we just say yes and amen to you. We believe you'll come like the rain and nobody here can make it rain, but you who are in the heavens, you can send us the rain. And we believe you're going to rain at just the right moment. And Lord, in, in, the, in the meantime, we thank you for your daily due. We thank you. God. Every morning you're faithful. And you're going you're to be faithful when we wake up tomorrow. You're going to be faithful for Victoria Moore when she wakes up tomorrow. You're going to be faithful on the day of her surgery. And we thank you and praise you for that right now. Lord, let love increase amongst us here. Take this little lunch of fish and loaves, what we are, Lord. We're just a little lunch of fish and loaves. Just take us and multiply us. Bless every person here, Lord. Bless every home. Let there be great shalom in the homes that are represented here. Let us continue to grow in love and faith. And let us hope too. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I think that's, that's it for tonight. Um, hope you all have a great week. Um, yeah, Uncle Tim and I are going to get a chance next weekend. Uh, we'll be here for Saturday for the meeting, but on Sunday we get to go visit Dale Reinhardt, uh, Lucy and Caroline's dad. Uh, we're going to go to Ashland and see where he is. Um, just encourage him. His release date looks like it might be backed up a little bit, but we're going to go encourage him, so we're looking forward to that. So we'll take your blessing to him. If you guys uh, could help Uncle Tim close up shop and... Uh, by all means, keep visiting, but maybe let's move our visiting uh, since the weather's so nice outside. That way Uncle Tim can close up shop uh, and I can go off to West Chestman High School prom. All right, see y'all soon. <laughs>